This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Was a, there was a movie, and you may know about it because I think it's a ride at Disneyland, and I think it's also it's coming back as a remake. It's called Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones' job, he was an explorer. He, he would go around into these far parts of the Amazon jungles, and he would look to solve unsolved mysteries. And um, it was amazing as a Jew growing up, because one of the movies was about um, his interaction with the Nazis, and, and it was incredible. Your guest speaker today, to me, I would describe him as the Indiana Jones of the Torah. What that means is, when there is a question, when there's a problem, Rabbi Gladstein knows how to explore in the far reaches of the Torah world. All over. Places that are hidden. Sources that you never heard before. To find a way to solve the challenge, to solve the problem. We have an amazing schus in this time of Elul. Elul is a time where 200, 300 years ago, our great Rabbanim, it was a different time. They couldn't breathe in this month because it was so intense for them as they would prepare for Rosh Hashanah. We're not in that level anymore, but at least for us, Elul should be a little bit different. We should have the opportunity to open our ears a little wider, to hear messages and to let it enter into our heart. So that as we come to Rosh Hashanah, we don't come in just cold. We come in prepared. We come in ready. And what greater way to begin to explore the far reaches of Torah, to find ways to get ready for Rosh Hashanah than with Rob Gladstein. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be here, especially with an introduction like that. We're going to be looking for the lost ark now. I'm very excited to be here, especially to see again my good friend Rabbi Einhorn, whose enthusiasm for Torah and for Judaism is uh, contagious. So it's a great pleasure and privilege to be in this wonderful school. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to speak in the shul. So it's wonderful to be here in this uh, beautiful yeshiva. I want to share with you one simple message. Yaakov Avinu, after 22 years, is returning back to the Promised Land, is returning back to Eretz Yisrael. And even though when he left, he left on his own, he's coming back, he has wives, Rachel, Leah, Bila, Zilpa, children, 12, 11 children. And the Pasuk tells us that Yaakov Avinu reached a certain destination and he gave it a very interesting name. Vayikra Shem HaMakoyim Ahu Machanoyim. He called the place the camps. What are the camps? Two camps? What are these camps? Says Rashi, Shtei Machanois. Shel You see the angels of the diaspora, the angels of Chutz Aretz, escorted Yaakov Avinu until he got to the border. And the angels of Israel that came to greet him. You see, there are different kinds of angels. 
There are all kinds of angels. There are many kinds of angels. Actually, what's very interesting is, one of the reasons why we daven Psuke de Zimra, why we have uh, so many praises of HaKadosh Baruch Hu before we start to daven, is because the airspace is occupied by many antagonistic and prosecuting angels. You know, imagine if you were flying on Delta. Let's say you wanted to fly through, through North Korea. Not recommended. You know, by the time you got about a mile through, you, you would have already had to avoid many assassination attempts of different missiles coming. That's what davening is like. When you send up a prayer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there are angels there looking to blow up your tefillah. So you need to attack those angels. The way you attack them is with Psuke de Zimra. Verses of cutting down. There are all kinds of angels. You know, they're weekday angels and they're Shabbos angels. So that's one of the reasons we say Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem, you greet the Shabbos angels. So there's a big question. So why do you tell them to leave immediately? Imagine you have a guest. And you bring them into your home, and after about 30 seconds, you say, it's really been nice knowing you. Seischem l'shalom, have a great day. And you show them the door. That wouldn't be nice. So, shalom aleichem, the Avnei Neza writes, you greet the Shabbos angels. Seischem l'shalom, you say goodbye to the weekday angels. So, there are also angels of Israel, and then there are angels of Chutz of the diaspora, the exile. Yaakov Avinu was coming from the diaspora to the land of Israel. When he's in the diaspora, he's accompanied by the angels of the diaspora. As he's about to go into Israel, he's going, they're going to be taken over by the angels of Israel. So this is sort of, so to speak, the changing of the guards. There were two camps. The angels of Chutz Laaretz and the angels of Eretz Yisrael, and they're both there together. So the Ramban asks a very simple question. Why in the world were the angels of Israel coming to greet Yaakov Avinu? He's nowhere near Eretz Yisrael. In the next parsha, he has to cross Mavar Yabok. That means he has to travel through the land of Ammon, and the land of Moab, and the land of Edom. And then he'll get to Israel. So why are the angels of Israel coming to greet him now? He's nowhere near the Holy Land. So here we are. We're in the month of Elul. And we're at the beginning of our school year, so we need to game plan. Right? Before you embark on anything in life, you've got to have a plan. So the question is, what's our plan? We come to school, we study Torah, but what's the plan? What are we doing here? So here's the plan. This is the first thing we need to do. Before you open up your book, before you open up your sefer, before you step foot in the yeshiva every morning, you need to think about the following. Says the Maral of Prague to answer the Ramban's question that God does not judge or view anybody based on where they are currently. It's irrelevant what level you're on currently. Doesn't matter really what you're doing right now. The question is where are you headed? Where are you going? And Yaakov Avinu was going to Israel. So if you're going to Israel, the angels of Israel are here right now. They're ready to greet you. But when you head the other direction, and you're heading out of Israel, you could be in Yerushalayim. But if you're leaving Eretz Yisrael and you're headed in that direction, then you're reckoned, you're considered as if you're in Chutz La'aretz. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not look at any individual based on what level they're on. It doesn't matter if right now we're not yet ready to study 
Gemara on our own, Chumash and Rashi on our own. We're not on high levels of spirituality. On Rosh Hashanah, God's going to open up the book and He's going to judge us based on the direction that we would like to take. And therefore, one of the most important things to think about in the month of Elul and the beginning of the school year is not where I am now, but what do I want to be? Where would I like to be? I would like to be somebody who prayer that davening is meaningful to. I would like to be somebody who has the ability to open up a chumash with a rashi and understand it well and have wide-ranging knowledge in Hashem's Torah to be able to open up a Gemara and to study it on my own and to know the commentaries and to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a very meaningful way. More than where you are is where you're headed. You know, it's very interesting. What time is Shkia Sachama here in Los Angeles these days? 7.08. Okay. So here it is. It's 7.08. You look outside and it's bright outside. It's like daylight. It's day. And Halacha treats it as the night already. You know, after Shkia, there's a question, the Mishnah Bura says, you shouldn't really daven mincha anymore, you should make sure to daven mincha before the Shkia. There are many halachic practices which you're supposed to do during the day that you don't do after the Shkia. Because Shkia, Shkia, sunset, it's already considered night. And yet you look outside, and it's bright outside. And on the other hand, you have something called Alois HaShachar. Alois HaShachar is dawn. If you look outside during Alois HaShachar, it is pitch black outside. You can't see two feet in front of you. you. Your friend could be staring you in the face. You don't even know. Now the truth is, I'll tell you a little something. Right now, I can't see a thing. I saw, like, yesterday I was in San Diego, and they took me to the Pacific Ocean, and the Almighty brought a great wind... And now my glasses are somewhere on the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. So I can't see anything right now. But at Alos HaShachar, nobody could see anything. And yet, halachically, it's considered daytime. And there are many mitzvot that you could do, and if you, and if you do them, you fulfill your obligation. So isn't that unusual? Here it is, at the time of sunset, it's bright, it's blazing hot outside. It's light outside, and yet it's considered night in halacha, for many halachas. And alos hashachar is dawn, and it's pitch black outside, and it's considered day. The author of Sabotka writes, that's because in the eyes of Hashem, we do not judge things based on the way they are now, but rather based on where they're headed. And at dawn... The sun is coming, the day is coming, the light is coming, and therefore it's considered day. At Shkia, it's bright outside, but the sun is going to set, and the stars are going to come out, and the night is coming, and it's considered night. So the first thing we need to know, and the first thing we need to understand, is it's not a matter of getting a hundred on every test. That's nice. It's not a matter of where we are today, but plotting the course for our future. So I want to offer you my humble wishes and blessings. You should all be successful in all of your endeavors, and especially the Limud HaToyra. 
and all your tefillah should be niskabel in the upcoming year for good health, for happiness, for success, for you, for all of your families. Thank you very much for hosting me. Bracha v'hatzlacha, aksiv v'chsimataiva. So, you know, you know, there's a. Um, I wanted to say this, but uh, I don't want to go over. The Marsha in Saita says, "What's the opinion of?" Uh, there's the Kenim saying, "Yavinu leshafkles hadamazel," right? So, so the Gemara says we, we we did not fail to escort them. Right. So Marsha wants to know, you know, they're they're going through treacherous terrain. They're terrorists all around them. So, so what are you saying? You're saying, I didn't escort you four hours. What's that can help them? Good. Right? So Marshall says, when you walk them four hours, you're demonstrating you want to protect them. Right. So, okay. Ritsoin Yereyev Yasin. Very good. God will protect them. Very good. Because you want to. Right. Because that's your Okay. Okay, one second. Okay. Now, let's say... I want to protect them, but I don't want them for the four hours. Apparently, it's not enough just to want. Apparently, it's not enough to want. You got to do something small. Some maisa. But if you do something, even dalet amos, to show what you want, God's going to turn enough. over that the heavens. That's enough. God's turn. You know how valuable that is, a Yom Narom yeah. season? No, of course. Also with Shuvah. Even to do a small correct, little correct. thing, and, thing. You, and you show the Rebbe some. That this is my Ratzon. Right, But to really activate the Bedarsh Shalom Roitz Thank you very much. You need that four Amos. You need that four Amos. Four Amos. Eliyahu Einhorn. Oh. Eliyahu. You're a very esteemed father. Esteemed chicken. What? Now? What? You know it's cold. Yes, you know it. You know it. You got this, Elliot. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.